Welcome to What Do You Believe? You're here because you're curious. I love asking people this question, what do you believe? We all believe in something, and perhaps you're asking yourself this question, and you're here because you are curious, like me. Sarah Arnell, former advertising executive, mom, and now author of her new book, There Will Be Lobster, joins me today on the podcast. Sarah, thank you so much, and welcome to What Do You Believe? Thank you. I am so happy to be here. I'm thrilled to be doing this with you. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you. So you know the drill, and I always ask the question to start, what do you believe? You know, I, I have to just tell you, it's really such a hard question because mm. you can answer it, you know, five million different ways. So I was really thinking, like, what, what do I believe? And what, which, which of what do I believe do I want to share with you today? And I wanted to talk about um, how much I believe that we have to tell our, our stories as people. We, mm. we all have stories. We, don't, we, we sometimes keep them really attached to us. We don't often free them and, and put them out into the world, you know, as our life lessons or our experiences to share. Mm. But if we don't free our stories, I think we miss out on the opportunity to give meaning to our pain and our growth. And also to help someone else know that they're not alone. So in the end, we must tell our stories to make our personal experiences relevant to others and, and provide hope. Mm, I love that answer. Wow, that is, that is a powerful, powerful, empowering answer um, to that question. So in terms of your story, I mean, where, at what point did you feel, okay, I'm ready to tell my story? So I, I wanted to write a book and, you know, I, I went, I don't know if many people know this, but I went back to graduate school when I was in my fifties and I got my um, MFA in uh, creative writing and fiction at Sarah Lawrence. So I always really wanted to write and I kept sort of writing these book proposals and pitching them out there to an agent who I had worked with before. And she kept saying, no, I don't think you're ready. No, I don't think you're ready. No, this really isn't your voice. And she kind of just kept pushing me to go back and go back and go back. Finally, I just said, I'm just going to write a different book. Mm. Um, and I decided that instead of writing about, everybody thought I was going to write a business book, right? Being a CEO, former CEO in advertising and working 30 years in the industry. And, and that was sort of the book I was trying to pitch. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out. So mm -hmm. I decided to write a book about a really hard time in my life. And the reason I decided to write it was because as I was really struggling and going through it, I had never felt more lost and alone. And I thought, I don't want anyone else who's kind of going through some life-changing event, feel this alone too. So I'm going to share. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. I, you know, your story is compelling. And I, I mean, we know each other, we're friends. And, and, and when I read the book, I, you know, I thought, wow, this is really brave. This is a brave um, refining and redefining of, of your life. Um, and I'm just, you know, it's, it's a healing journey, really. Um, 
what at what point did you sort of say I need to reevaluate and and kind of rethink where I'm going and what I'm doing and and where and what what's my dream? Yeah, um, that's you know it's it's hard to define. It's you know I'm a big believer that when when things cross your path, they're there for a reason, and that you it's your choice to pay attention to them, to notice them or, or not. And I felt like things just kept kind of crossing my path, coming into my field of vision that were saying to me, you, you have things to tell and things to share and you can, and in doing that, you can help others. And a lot of this came through my practice, my Vedic meditation practice, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, it's, it's sort of a, it's a, it's a principle, a Vedic principle, a good citizenship to kind of take your personal experiences and make them sort of socially relevant and relatable and, you know, make your growth something that can help others. So in my practice of meditation and just what I kept seeing is these signs and signals kind of coming my way, I decided I'm going to share what I went through um, and not have shame for it and not be embarrassed about it and put it out there, you know, you know, sort of honestly and openly um, in, in the hope that even if it helped one person know that they weren't alone and that, that no matter how far you fall, you can still get up. That is, that was sort of my dream was to put it out there and say, here it is world, you know, take it, use it, benefit from it. Right. Incredible. I love that. So in terms of our listeners, can you give us um, a bit about the book without giving too much away uh, Mm -hmm. so people can understand what really what the impetus was for writing this book? So um, the first thing I'll say is that because the title is There Will Be Lobster, I've gotten a lot of questions. Is it a cookbook? So I'm not a cookbook. Um, So there was a, a moment in, in, in my life. It was a New Year's Day. Clearly, it was a crazy New Year's Eve. Mm, um, yes, I, I remember that chapter. <laughs> yeah. I saw a lobster. I was down, went to my kitchen after this wild New Year's Eve party, and I saw a lobster crawl out from under my kitchen chair. Wow. And it hit me that it was so undeniable to me that it was actually telling me that I need to crawl out into the open too Mm. and save myself just like the the lobster was doing. So the book sort of starts on that lobster moment and we all have lobster moments. Some of them aren't with a literal lobster, but we all have these moments that we can't ignore that become these signals and cries that, that, that we need help. Mm. So it starts there. And it just goes through a series of things that were happening in my life that were causing me to lose self-esteem, lose confidence, feel shame, feel desperate, feel alone, feel, feel lost. Um, and I just kind of tell stories about the things that I did, a lot of them with my youngest daughter, who was about to leave for college. Right. And, and the people I ran into along the way, like a former Buddhist monk who was extremely inspirational in my journey, um, a rock star who was, you know, ill and in the hospital and dying, and characters and people and things that I came in contact with that I sort of saw 
and took lessons and learning from mm. and had to change and get better. Right. Wow. I mean, I, it, it, this is, this is so incredible. I love the fact that you had all these signs and the Vedic meditation. I would, I mean, being a Vedic meditator myself, I understand that when you get quiet is when you can hear and listen and things come and you're more aware of what is around you. So some of these signs, I mean, do they get louder and louder? Because we talk a lot about signs on the podcast and it's something, you know, as intuition goes, is, is it, it grows it, as long as you water it, right? It's like a plant, it grows. Right. And, but you have to be open to it because I think things come into our purview uh, every day, all the time. Mm. Um, it just depends what we're um, willing to notice or note or recognize um, and pay attention to, and then try to understand why, why it's there and why that sign or signal is, is, is coming into our field of vision. Um, mm. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a matter of just awareness as well. And you're right. When you're meditating, 20 minutes a day, twice a day, and you're going into that kind of quiet space and, and tapping into something deeper than, than you were even doing when you're awake and sitting and writing and thinking that um, it helps you kind of, um, the quiet helps you notice things 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel that it's helped me um, an incredible amount um, to sort of just get in, t in tune. Um, my mind tends to race around, you know, and, and I'm very high strung. So meditation has really sort of helped me calm everything, you know, down, take it down a notch. It took everything kind of down a notch so I can think and see a bit more clearly. Yeah. And the last, this past year, the world has, the pace has slowed down greatly. Yes. And I did finish this book, you know, during the, pandemic when I was spending, you know, most of my time inside. Right. Oh, that was actually one of my questions. I wanted to, I really want to know, is this a, a book that, that stemmed from the pandemic? So, okay. You'll answer that. Yeah. So you had already started writing the book. Yes, I had started it. Yeah. Um, but then I finished it during, during this time. Got it. I mean, I, I was like, when, when you had, when we initially had spoken about the book and you had sent it, I was like, wow, of course, Sarah, she's so motivated. She writes a book during COVID. I mean, of course, Sarah wrote a book during COVID. I was like, everyone, you know, there was all this pressure of like, write a book, come up with a new idea, do this. And I was like, of course. <laughs> no, thank, listen, thank you. I, I would love to be that person, but it was really, it was started and just the, the COVID time just gave, it just gave me the extra time to sit down. And yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Now we're coming out of, um, of this, of the slowdown. How, how are you re reorienting yourself or how do you find it now that things are sort of getting somewhat back to normal? Um, you know, I'm, you know, I've been out and about, I've been out to dinner and I've gone to restaurants and I'm, you know, cautious. Um, but, um, because I do have a chronic leukemia. Yes. Um, so I do have to be probably extra careful, a little bit more careful than, um, the average person without this, this disease, but, um, I'm getting out there and getting back in the world and really enjoying it. Mm, that's great. That's great. 
So you reveal quite a, quite a lot in the book, and that and and your diagnosis being one of them. Um, so I mean, which was again very brave of you to talk about openly and and discuss in your book. Um, how are you doing? Fine. Um, it's a it's a type of blood cancer, but it's the type of blood cancer that they call watch and wait. It progresses very slowly. And if you just seem to take really good care of yourself and have, you know, great mind, body, health, you know, awareness and practices that you can just carry on with, with your life. And that's what I do. I see the doctor regularly. I do what I'm supposed to do. And I just live a really kind of, I eat clean. I get a lot of sleep. I exercise, maybe not enough, but I try and, you know, just try to be as healthy as as you can without without going crazy about it. Right. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I can't help but think, you know, we've, we've known each other for, for quite some time and, you know, it's reading this book. It's like, you found your voice in your fifties. You know, it's like, it feels like it's, it's never too late, you know, to sort of find your voice and, and, and be the, the agent of change and heal yourself and heal others. I mean, it's a blessing to have the, the time and the opportunity to sort of sit down and do this. It takes a lot of time, but, you know, don't forget in advertising, I was a copywriter. And I was still writing every day, even though it was advertising copy or a, you know, a brand strategy, I was still writing every day. A friend of mine who worked in advertising um, read this and he actually said to me, oh, it's really, it's fast. It's like copy. You kind of just whiz through the book. It's always forward moving. And I thought, yeah, you know, maybe my little copywriter expertise has sort of come out in this in this book and in in a for a different need but the the same kind of forward moving voice Mm. oh yeah I mean it's beautifully written it's wonderfully written um yes I I love that you said that everyone has a story to tell and I believe that as well is there something else that you want people to know um I, the other thing that I think was really kind of important, important for me to kind of tell people is that the importance of listening to your body, mm. because your body is, is talking to you every day. And, and before I was diagnosed, um, I knew something was wrong. I had no idea what, but I didn't feel like myself. And I, I, but I didn't look sick or act sick, but I, I just didn't feel right. And that was one of the reasons why I decided to go to the doctor and I was contributing it to just, I'd gained a lot of weight. Um, but that was just uh, a symptom, not, not the cause. So listen to your body because you know, your body you and yourself better than anyone. And when you're feeling different and you're feeling some kind of sort of even physical, emotional, or mental change, Again, pay attention because it's telling you something. Yes, uh, I, I agree uh, 100%. Um, 
And I'm sure meditation helped with that as well. Um, becoming yeah. more aware of, yeah, for sure, for sure. So do I, because you're, you're also a teacher um, and I'm curious, you're a teacher at Parsons, Parsons mm-hmm. School of Design. And what, what is the course that you teach? So it's, it's called Advertising and It's Cultural Presence. So it's a course about um, adverti- current day advertising and how you connect with an audience. Mm, amazing. Amazing. Well, I'm sure this is this has helped quite a lot writing your book. I feel like there's a there's something else in there that you know because you're so you're a teacher, a natural. It's just it's a natural talent of yours to to teach and want to share. And now that you've written this book, um, I, you know I'm sure there are lots of people that really want to tell their stories and are afraid to do that, and really don't even know the first thing about it or how to do that. Well, it is, a, it is a scary thing to kind of put yourself, to put yourself out there. Yes. And I think, like I said before, everyone thought I was going to write a business book and talk about what I learned during, you know, 30 years in advertising and working with some of the world's kind of most beloved and, and best known brands like Pepsi and McDonald's and, and even the launch of Goop I worked on. Right. But I wrote this memoir instead, you know, and one of the reasons was I thought there were enough business books out there. Mm. But I really wanted to write a book that was more about how I felt when I was running a business instead of the business itself and what I thought about and did or didn't do and and how that affected everything in my life. So I do talk about business and I do talk about the advertising agency because that's been such an integral part of my life and background. But this book is more about how you feel as you kind of go through the world when you're sort of going through uh, life changes. Not like the sub the subtitle of the book is Memoir of a Midlife Crisis. Yes. But I really heard from a lot of people that midlife is 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 not necessarily an age, it's about a a, a life stage. Mm. And it's just about the time no matter how old you are where you're going through some kind of life stage change and how you're coping with that change. Yes. Yes, sister. Yes. I hear you and I, <laughs> I feel you. And, you know, it's interesting things, how each decade is just such a different, it's like its own crisis in itself, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, going through it, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, it's just different things. It's, it's letting go I see it as like letting go of that person that you were once in that time frame. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if this book can instigate uh, somebody to go on their own journey and disconnect from negative stories or words that they think define them, and then ultimately understand how to move forward and write their own new story, that, that is a win. That would be mm. the goal and the dream. Oh yeah, I love that. That that that's beautiful right there. And it's so true and we just keep trying to fit ourselves into these boxes that we think we should be fit into. And you know what? It's it's stop looking around. I mean, and that's the hardest thing. I mean, it's we have to stop looking around at everyone else because not what what Susie does down the street is not necessarily what I need or you need or you know, 
And so it's very, very hard to, to define one's own life in the way that is good for yourself. Absolutely. And many times we think we deserve, we deserve the life we have. Mm. And we get stuck in our own rhetoric about blame and shame. And well, I'm in this position because I did it to myself. And, you know, one of the things that I really hope somebody takes away from this book is if you did it, you can, you can undo it too. Oh, I love that. Yes. It's so true. It's not forever. And thank you for right. saying that. Yes, right. you can. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it, it's your book is such a journey in that. And, and in it, what, what it's, what, what I sensed is that you really do take that journey with you in terms of being feeling stuck, that mm-hmm. feeling stuck in those moments, mm-hmm. you really let the audience in to what that feels like. You know, and I try to actually structure the book and, and write the, make the form itself mm. feel like I wanted to write the way I was feeling like the writing is, is it's a bit choppy. A lot of the dialogue is in my head in the book. I was really trying to make the writing very personal and, yeah. and intimate as I was sort of trying to tell the story. I mean, most everything I write is in scene. Yes. So trying to really bring people into that physical, you know, visceral, viable world that I'm living in and have them almost just come there and be at the table with me. Absolutely. Well, that's how it felt. So, I mean, you absolutely achieved that. It felt like you were, I was in your movie. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you know I, the one thing I do want to say is you are, you did the same thing that we're talking about. We're, we're on this podcast together because you told your story. Mm. Oh, you know, so you. I was inspired by you and oh. what you went through and how you decided to start this podcast and, and use your life and your voice to, mm. to give, give voice to other people as well. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, we're all here to support each other. It's yeah. not a competition. It's not who's getting there first. It's, it's everyone rising together. And it's a very, very, unfortunately, the people who don't want to help you rise, you leave behind. Yeah. 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 And you don't let them bring you down. Right. You just go forward. I mean, life is this forward moving path or, or, or it should be. And not getting caught up in the past, not letting the past define you, breaking free from it by telling your story, giving power to your pain and suffering and growth is yes. what lets you move forward and be who you, who you can be or want to be, not who yeah. you were or, are, um, or who you thought you were. Or, or who you think Instagram and TikTok want you to be, right? I mean, yeah, this is, this exactly. is, and you have kids. I don't have kids, but you have kids. And I'm curious, in terms of social media, do you, are they, are they, is this something that invades their, their life or their, you know, what's, what's your stance on that? And what's their stance on it? So my, my two daughters are barely on social media. They have a love-hate relationship with it. One day they have an Instagram account and the next day they've deleted it. Mm. Um, my son, who is 29, is seems to be on it quite a lot. Um, 
but I, I don't necessarily see them obsessing over it. I just said to them the other day, do you think I should get on TikTok? And they were just like, stop. <laughs> Mom, stop. Stop. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> so funny. Um, so they, they, they know it. They participate yeah. in it. Um, I don't see them having issues with it. Um, That's great. In fact, more than anything, they don't really like it, especially my daughter's. Oh my God. That's so refreshing to hear. Kind of a relief. <laughs> it is a relief. I think it's, it's really disrupt destructive to, uh, to one's, you know, confidence and everything. I think it's, you know, I, for us, you know, being not of the age where this all happened and started, it's just, right. we have just such an, I have an odd relationship with it. It's, 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 I'm not, I'm never going to be the influencer. It's just not what I, you know, I, I love sharing social media because I have this podcast and I like, you know, putting the podcast out there on it and kind of sending in inspirational messages to people, you know, a download that I get once in a while. I'm like, you know, I'm going to get on TikTok or TikTok or whatever, Instagram and talk about what, whatever moment I feel I should share. Yeah. And if it could help one person, great, but it's just such an odd existence. And I just wanted to hear what you thought of it. I mean, it's just, it's just another form of media. If you look at it as another form of media and another way to get your message out there and, and you could have a little fun with it. Yeah. I bought these rubber lobster claws on <laughs> Amazon and I think I'm going to try to make some funny videos with oh, them. I, I don't know. And that's to me, great. You know, that's, that's a great outlet for something like that, you know? Yes. To have fun with and don't yeah. take it so seriously. Yeah, absolutely. 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 It's so it's, yeah, that's great. It's great. Um, what advice would you give? I'm going to get serious now for a second. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? Hmm. It, would, it doesn't have to be serious, by the way. <laughs> no, it would have been be less afraid. Yeah. I always felt my, my younger self was so cautious and didn't take enough chances or <clears throat> risks even. Um, I would have said just be less afraid and follow your heart more. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. And this, and this is exactly that, this book is you doing just that finally finally at the my ripe old age finally but wow. you know we all have our own journey at whatever yes. time it, it takes to you know go through it yes absolutely well i mean i just have to tell you that i'm so in, excited for you thank you i i love this book i think you're i always by the way thought you were amazing. You're an amazing woman. And now you have this incredible book and you're putting it out to the universe. And I just wish you an abundance of success and joy. Thank you so much. And you know what? That's important. I am trying to enjoy every minute of putting this book out there and not feel, you know, I'm trying to really just kick my heels up and, and have fun with it. And let it go out there with the energy that I, I want it to have. And it, and it, and it will, and it is. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank Everyone you. buy this book, buy this book. There will be lobster. Sarah Arnell. Mwah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Big kisses. Thank you for listening to today's episode of what do you believe? 
please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. We very much appreciate your continued support. Thank you.